Welcome to X2M 150 Quintessence. Psalms 150, finishing out the Psalter. Psalms 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the sky, which testifies to his strength. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him for the surpassing greatness. Praise him with the blast of the horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and with dancing and praise him with the stringed instrument and the flute. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Let everything that has breath, everything that has breath, Praise the Lord. Amen.
Ezekiel 36, 22. Therefore say to the house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, it is not for your sake that I'm about to act, O house of Israel, but for the sake of my holy name, which you profaned among the nations where you went. I will magnify my great name that has been profaned among the nations, that you profaned among them, and the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord. When I magnify, when I magnify myself among you in their sight, and I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries, then I will bring you into your land. I will sprinkle you with pure water and you will be clean from all your impurities. I will purify you from your idolatry. I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your body and give you a heart of flesh. I put my spirit within you and I will take the initiative and you will obey my statutes and carefully observe my regulations. Then you will live. You will live in the land I gave to your fathers and you will be my people and I will be your God. I'll save you from all your uncleanness. I call for the grain to multiply. I call. I will not bring famine upon you. I will multiply the fruit of your trees and the produce of your fields so that you will never again suffer the disgrace of famine among the nations. Then you will remember, remember your evil deeds. Remember they were not good. You will loathe yourselves on account of your sins and abominable deeds. Understand it's not for your sake. I'm about to act, declares the sovereign Lord. Be ashamed and be embarrassed by your behavior, O house of Israel. This is what the sovereign Lord says in the day I cleanse you from all your sins. I will populate the cities and ruins will be rebuilt and the desolate land will be plowed instead of being desolate in the sight of everyone who passes by. And they will say, the desolate land has become a garden of Eden. That which was ruined and desolate and destroyed cities are now fortified and inhabited. And the nations will remain around you will know that I, the Lord, I've rebuilt the ruins and replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken. And I will do it. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will allow the house of Israel to ask me to do this for them. I will allow you to ask me to do it. And I'll multiply your people like sheep. Like the sheep offerings, like the sheep of Jerusalem during her appointed feast. So will the ruined cities be filled with flocks of people that we would know Yes, Lord. Mm -hmm. 
Um, there is really a sense of the awe and the presence of the Lord. Of course, if you know Jewish custom, today is the first day after Rosh Hashanah. And I think it's good that we have uh, a man to follow as our pastor who will let the Lord do whatever he does and be whatever he wants to be. And I don't know if you know, Revelation chapter 1 talks about the Apostle John and when he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, he actually turned to see the voice that was speaking to him. And when he saw him, he saw, you know, all this magnificence of an eternal being uh, who had the seven stars in his hand and all this stuff going on. But his presence, John says he fell out as, you know, as if he had no breath. And so I really sense, because right now we're actually in the Jewish calendar, we're going into what they call the 10 days of awe. And these were the days of penitence, repentance, and the days of preparation for the day of atonement that comes up in about 10 days. And so there is a real, I think a real move of God for him to do things. But in a time when this happens, we don't want to get distracted you can just pray for the revelation the release of what God wants to do in each one of our lives because really did you come to church today to meet God I mean you know church is actually supposed to be like where he lives with his kids right so if, if that's if that's what we've come for, then he's definitely meeting us right now. And so there's an opportunity for your heart to experience God on a whole new level. And so I just want to encourage you to step into that. I want to encourage you to speak and to pray, to bless, just, just say, Lord, I give you my being and I give you my body. And in Jesus' name, I open my heart, I open every cell of my being to your light, to your glory. And Lord, I, I accept the promise of the, the power of the resurrection to go into my being, into my body, into my soul, into my spirit. Lord, on every level, I want to be touched and I want to walk with you, Lord God. So right now, Lord, in Jesus' name, as we worship, as we give you glory, as we receive what you're doing, Father, we just choose to keep our eyes on you and receive what you want to do in our hearts. So, Lord, we say yes to that, and we say yes in Jesus' name. So Peter, rather than going back there and telling you this, I'm going to tell you from the microphone, <laughs> but it's for all of us. Just as we move from Sinai to Zion, so we are moving from Joshua to Jesus.
your favor and rest upon us like a morning dew settling on everyone who chases after you you are changing us to the image of your son Onward till the work is done, even though these sorrows seem to last an endless night over the horizon, the darkest clouds are breaking.
Stand here. 
that way Ride the wind, wind, wind mm. Oh, let us adore Him Oh, let us adore Him Come far and near
distracted by the chariots of fire. Don't be distracted by the whirlwind. Don't be distracted. Kisses of your mouth 
take these foolishness roads of grace and run toward the dawn and when I rise and dawn turns to day I'll shine bright as the sun and all that these roads that I've run will be wise and I won't wait resting my bones and I will take these foolishness roads of grace I'm running towards the dawn And when I rise And this dawn turns to day I will shine as bright as the sun And all the roads I've run will be wise Uh, one more thing, commentary-wise. I keep hearing Peter's voice on this. It's funny, like I want to go tell him to say it, but I'm just going to say it. 
uh, the book of Joshua. Now it came about after the death of Moses that the servant of the Lord spoke to Joshua. After the death of Moses, the Lord spoke to Joshua. After the death of Joshua, for Joshua, if he had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day after that. There remains, therefore, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And so one more time, for Joshua, a day is as a year. A day from this moment, a day will be as a year. But for Jesus, a day is as a thousand years. And that's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8 and following.
I don't have my glasses, and I don't know where it is in the Bible, but there's a, an episode where the dawn was breaking. And Joshua was entering into the land, and he was pressing in, and the dawn was breaking, and it looked like the whole valley was filled with blood. And when Jeff said that, we're following a Joshua greater than the man Joshua. <laughs> um, I just saw that this, this, this river of blood, it's the uh, testimony of the saints through the ages, but there's a progression of advancing through a valley. And a dawn is breaking to meet us at the end of that valley. And the dry bones are being gathered and we are being clothed with light and filled with the blood of Christ and that we are resurrection people and that the limits that we've got on ourselves are not the limits that God has. This is the new day. Bring your notebook. You might need it. Thanks. Um, um, Bob Jones used to come to our church quite a bit, uh, an older prophet, and he said that the Rosh Hashanah and then Yom Kippur is where everyone in the body of Christ goes through um, basically God's judgment. And if your last year was really good, the judgment is you would have a, gra a, a promotion in the kingdom. And if it wasn't that good and you really tripped a whole lot in the last year, you might get a demotion. But every year is a time where God, everyone follows under the shepherd's rod. And we had that happen here a number of months ago, I think, where the shepherd's rod. And, and it's God wanting to bless his children because government is what he wants us to do and to be. God wants us to be his His. Uh, ambassadors. He wants us to be his authority. And so um, the Lord showed something like that, I think, to Melinda. So Carol wanted her to share. Okay. Can I just pray real quick? Okay. Jesus, I pray that you would just um, open up what you've shown me, Lord, and let me just speak what you're saying. Let it be clear. Let us have an understanding from your throne, what you are speaking to us, Lord, that our hearts may be changed and that we may go forward, that we move from where we are, God, move from our old beliefs, move from our old ways, move from our old wineskins into the fullness of what you have for us, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, well, 
it's kind of hard sometimes, you know, when somebody says, share what the Lord's been saying, and I feel like I got dumped on today. Um, but I'm going to share what I heard this morning. I heard the Lord say, I need you to be, well, first let me say, I'm kind of a simple person. I don't know a lot of words. I don't know a lot of big words. I don't know what a lot of things are. So the Lord likes to use big words to me so that I don't already have a preconceived idea of what he's saying, if you understand that. So I heard the Lord say, I need you to be a constituent in what I'm doing. And I was like, what the heck is the word constituent? And I was like, I don't even know how to spell it. So I just went to my dictionary. I started typing C-O-N-S-T-I-C-H. And I was like, nope, nothing's coming up like that. And then all of a sudden, the word constituent came up. Is this what you meant? And so I read what it means. One for whom another acts. One that authorizes another to act. One who establishes or determines. One who empowers another to transact business for. And I was thinking, what in the world? Why, how do I become a constituent with the Lord and what he is doing? And then the, the verse, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, came into my being. And Steve also said that verse out loud. And I have to say to be a constituent, I have to say. I have to have a voice. This word, before looking it up, um, when I first heard the word constituent, sometimes when the Lord speaks a word to me, I'll get a feeling or like an a, a idea. Um, but it's not really a full feeling or a full idea. It's just, and the, when the Lord spoke that word, I got the feeling of being an ambassador, like being sent from another place to another country and having this full authority to do, to do what I'm supposed to do. And then I heard the Lord say, I need to join with me, partner with me, release me in the earth. And all of a sudden, I was like, release you? You want me to release you? It felt like, like, I don't know. I, I was thinking how in this, how, how am I to do this? How do I release you in this earth, Lord? And he said, move in your received power. And of course, the verse that popped in my head was Acts 1.8. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he said, move in your received power. Be my witness. Be my expression in the earth. You have authority to release who I am in the earth. Act out me. Be me in the earth. Let go of your fears and your questions and even, is this right, ideas? Do y'all ever have that thinking, like a thought comes to your mind about the Lord, and you're like, is that even right? Is that even, and it was like he was saying this morning, let go of that idea and act out me. I need you to be me in the earth. I give you power through my Holy Spirit. And it was like, I felt like this was kind of something like a governmental word. And me and politics aren't like buddies or anything at all. And so I started to talk to Steve about the word. And 
he said it's really a governmental kind of word, a political kind of word that causes action in, the, in a, a state or a city or um, whatever. And as soon when he was talking, I heard, change the world, change the world. And I, as he's talking to me, I felt empowered. And I wasn't even sure what he was talking about, but it, we're empowered we have something living inside of us, someone living inside of us that has empowered us. And he is waiting. It was like he was waiting on me to release him. That was just weird to me. And then I heard the phrase, but I'm only to do what I see the father doing. And to me, it was kind of like a, whoa, hold, hold back. I must be going out too far or thinking too big or whatever. And then um, I had a sense of this. Jesus knew his father. He knew his father's nature. He knew his father's character. He knew what his father had done from all of eternity. He knew how his father would act before he came to the earth. Before he even came into this realm, he knew his father. And just like Jesus knew his father, we too have been with him from all eternity. We know who he is. We know his nature. We know his character. We know his ways. We know his goodness. We know his, his heart more than we know this earth. But this earth kind of has clogged us up and caused us to forget what we know. Um. We've been with him longer. He gives us authority. And then he said, I need you to bring heaven to earth. Bring heaven to earth. Bring heaven to earth. And then I thought of the verse, um, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there has to be a bringer. We can't just, it's not just going to fall down. It's not just going to like happen. We have to be engaged. He's engaging us to be a constant constituent in what he is doing in the earth. And I was like, oh, Jesus wasn't just sitting around. Hmm, I wonder what my father's doing. Hmm, wonder, wonder what he's doing. No, he knew what his father was doing because he knew his father. And that's us. He wants us to know him in such a way and to be such a partner with him already, to be engaged in him, to be engaged in who he is already. Um, John 14, 12, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my father. And then he just kept saying, release me in the earth. We have in us what the earth needs what the world needs. We have it. There's no question. There, there was no question in Papa's mind about wh what we have. He wasn't saying, well, you know, pretty soon you're going to have what you need or pretty soon. We have it. It's right here. And he's put it in us to release. Um, this morning, I, I saw a bunch of eagles sitting on fence, fence posts. And they were just sitting there like, like their heads down and their arms kind of down. And I'm like, they are supposed to be majestic eagles. They are supposed to be eagles. And these guys look like they had lost hope or something like, like they, there was nothing happening in them. 
And pretty soon I started seeing this wind start blowing. I was like, ooh, the leaves are blowing. I could see around, the leaves were blowing. And then the trees started moving. And then I looked back at the eagles and their little feathers, you know, on their heads started to be like, poo like their feathers were just starting to move and they started lifting up their head and they started seeing, looking up and looking out. And then the sky got totally black. It was like the clouds and everything, like a storm was coming. And I knew that God had sent the storm for the eagles. I knew it. It was like, as soon as I saw it, I knew it's our time. We are the eagles. It's our time. And the storms that are raging around us and the storms that are raging in the earth are to wake us up, to get us out of our slumber on the fence post. Well, I don't know if I have what God wants to do or not. I don't know if I'm who God wants to use or not. We are. We're it. We're, we're who he has to use. And he's excited about that. He's not, he's not worried like, oh my gosh, all I have is Melinda in the earth. Woo. No, he's like, go girl, go. Do be who you are, who I am in you. And so as this storm started getting closer and closer down where these eagles were, their arms started coming up and thunders and lightnings and all this stuff started happening around. And all of a sudden it was like this wind came up and their arms flew out and shoomp, they just flew right up through the storm. And it was like the coolest thing, like, like they knew exactly where they were going. And then all of a sudden I saw the sun, like the earth's sun, but then he turned into the sun and he had all this stuff. And these eagles started flying up and getting it from the, the sun and bringing it down to the earth. And then he said this phrase, and I think it all goes together with the constituents. Um, it's time for my eagles to fill the earth. It's time for my eagles to fill the earth. And I began to hear the father speak this over and over and over again. And the more he spoke it, the more intentional and the more focused these eagles became. And they began to fill the earth and to give out what they had been given from the sun. So I felt like the Lord has asked us to be his constituents, to agree with him, to put our... Um, our vote in him. Say, I agree with what you are doing, Lord. I agree that you want to use me. I agree that I have what is necessary to happen in the earth. And then to do it, to go forth and not be afraid, to not worry, to not, um, to not hold back, to not hesitate. Do y'all feel like sometimes you hesitate? Or am I just the only one? Sometimes I feel like I hold back. Like I feel this like, oh, of God, but I hold it back and I just give out a little of God. Do y'all ever feel like that? Like, but if we would just release ourselves and release that power that is within us, the glory of the Lord is within us. Jesus went around all the earth. He knew who he was. He knew who, whose power he had flowing in him and through him because God wants us to change the world to change the world. It starts our world here and then all, all the world to change it. And um, I just feel like there's an impartation 
for us to receive from him today the truth of who he says we are. Who he says we are. And then we have to say, I'll be that. It doesn't do us any good just to be like, yep, that's who I am, and then not doing anything with it. It's like he says, take who you are and use it. Use it. And we're going to see amazing things happen. The other day I said to the Lord, I'm really, you know, sometimes I really worry. I don't want to step out and ruin your reputation. And he started laughing. He was laughing and laughing. And he said, girl, you are only worried about your own reputation. (laughs) And I was like, that's true. I'm not worried about his at all. I'm worried about mine. And it's like time for us to say, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about what people think about me or what people, whatever, because I know who I am and I know I'm God's and we're just going to reach out. So if you say, yes, Lord, I will be your constituent. I know that's a big word. Yes, Lord, we will be your constituents. We will work with you. We will partner with you in the earth, God. We will move in the power of your Holy Spirit in us and through us, God. We will not be afraid. We will not be afraid for what is there to fear. You are with us, God. You are calling us to do this. Lord, we say yes. We say yes, God. We say yes to the power that lives inside of us, God. We say yes to who we are in you. We come off of the fence post. We are your eagles. We raise our wings. We fly through the storms. We get from you and we bring it to earth, God. And we become earth changers, earth changers, earth changers earth changers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your empowerment in us, your filling in us, God. There's not a single one in this room that God doesn't want to use in a mighty way. It doesn't matter what we've been through. It doesn't matter who we think we are or aren't. It doesn't matter. Those are just lies of the enemy to hold us back. And Lord, today we release all those old beliefs, Lord, all those old things that try to hinder us, to hold us back, to tell us we're not worthy, to tell us we don't know what we'll say if we step out. We don't know what we'll say, but we know when we open our mouth, you are going to fill it, God, and your word is going to be in there, and love is going to overtake us, and the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be with us, and we are going to be those changers that the world needs. They need us. (laughs) They need us. When you look around and you see the world, they need us. We're the God that they need. Because God's in heaven saying, be my constituents, girl. Be mine. Be mine. Touch them. That's what I got this morning. Thank you, you, Melinda. Thank you for doing that. Thank you.
It's on. Thank you. There you go. We're evil. Yes. And we oh, nice. We, we teach our body. We remind ourselves who we are, God. Mm. We remind ourselves we are not on the fence post, God. We yes. Are made to climb. Made to <sighs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for being his constituents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone really special to me, um, and her mother uh, gave this to me uh, this morning. I just want to read it to you. It's a poem by our second beautiful daughter who asked me to keep her anonymous. (laughs) Weigh thy anchor by adamant road. Oh, how adversity prompts such ode. Trebidation sighed. We have begun to sail at the tide. Awake, you sleeper, the tempest formed. Intransigent child, why so concerned? Fury drives relentless waves, turbulences, treacherous soak, risk craves. Conducting lightning strikes the blue, the amateur's intimidation isn't new. Helm in hand steers the ship, and by relief there is no tip. Triumph, pilot. Send standard seas. Captain's directive conquers with peace. The vast expanse assures boundless phases. Yeshua alone is worthy. Of all praises. (laughs) Thank you, second daughter, (laughs) who will remain anonymous. Long ago, people believed that the earth was made up of four elements, earth, air, fire, and water. They thought the stars and planets were made up of yet another element. In the Middle Ages, people called this element by its medieval Latin name, quintessentia, literally the fifth essence. Our forebears believed that quintessentia was essential to all kinds of matter, And if they could somehow isolate it, it would cure all disease. We have since given up on that idea, at least that's what they write here, but we kept quintessence, the offspring of quintessentia, as a word for the purest essence of a thing. Some modern physicists have given quintessence a new twist. They use it to refer to the form, what we call today, dark energy, believed to make up 70% of the energy in the observable universe. Uh, Kara and I, we entered in worship again this morning, uh, laying there on the bed. The Holy Spirit um, speaks to me about the Lord, and he says this to me. He says, I am the outshining. Jesus is effectively the quintessence. Uh, Hebrews 1.3, let's turn there. And then, uh, man, this is amazing. I, I was like, I don't care how I feel or whatever. We're, I've got to deliver this message. 
it's, it's just the way the Lord brought it out this morning. I really wanted to be able to impart this to you and give this to you. And so if you're a note taker, I'd recommend that you take notes. If you're not and you're involved with us on Team Reach, you can pull up the app, go under the schedule, go down in the schedule where it says uh, today's event, X2M 150 quintessence, and you'll go down and in the notes. I've put all these notes in this morning, and so you have availability to the notes because um, they'll be there for you if you want to, you know, review those. If you're not in with us on Team Reach, uh, let one of us know afterwards, and so we can get you, you know, connected within our community. There's a lot of good dialogue going on there, and um, it's a good place to know about uh, events that are forthcoming. Jesus, the quintessence who being the outshining of his glory, who in his being is the outshining, the constituent, the outshining of the glory of the Lord, the true image of his substance, supporting all things by the word of his power, having given himself as an offspring making clean from sins. He took his seat at the right hand of God in heaven. And read this again, Hebrews 1 3. Who? And as I said this morning, he says, I am the outshining. Just kind of. Uh, I'm putting protocols into a prototype people of my very own nature and likeness into you so that you would have an, an outfit of my very capacity within yourself. I'm installing protocols. That's what he, he is sharing with me. I'm taking this, these new protocols that I'm delivering out by the transference of light, mostly uh, light because James tells us that the Lord is light, and in him is no variable or shadow of turning. And so by the integration of, of this light, which I know, but this light would come and radiate into us like a star caster blaster. <laughs> and a new protocol, a, a new understanding, a new capacity would be installed into the human uh, soul and like go throughout the human and almost like a contagion and rewrite code and rewrite circuitry and rewrite things that we can never do for ourselves. And the worship today says to me, he says, I am the holiness. And just like he says, I am the outshining. I am the holiness. And uh, I put that in on the Google because I'm like, where's that at? And I know he's called the Holy Spirit. But it says Ezekiel 36, and we went there, and I read that to you, but he says, not for your own sake, but for my own sake and for my own greatness of my own name. I will do this work, you know. And now you can read, I hope you will read Ezekiel 36, the second part of that, maybe after today's event in the second, like the, the last two-thirds of Ezekiel 36. Says, I am the holiness I never felt so much love like that. Oh, man. Man. Wow. Excuse me. 
and the he is the outshining of the glory. He is the true image of his substance. He supports all things by the word of his power. He gave himself. He gave himself to make an offering for sin, and he took his seat at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Job 11, verses 7 through 10. All right, here we go. Thank you, Lord. Job 11, 7 through 10. Zophar, speaking for the first time to Job, says this. Uh, can you discover the essence of God? Can you find out the perfection of the Almighty? Can you probe the limits of God as Almighty? Can you, Job, hey, listen, do you know the capacity, that the endless capacity that sits in the Lord? Have you framed out reference points and concepts and ideas, Job, and structural motifs, even in all the wisdom that you've received from him, that you could sort of like think that you could know him, Job? No matter how much, Job, you've grown in righteousness and come to be the man that you are, the man of stature that you are, can you really, like, measure him? Do you, do you have within you the ability, can you discover the very essence, the quintessence of God? Can you find out the perfection of the Almighty? And he goes on to tell him, he says, it's higher than the heavens. What can you do? It's an interesting question to me that he would say to him something like this, and I took this as a cosmic reality, uh, cosmology being the heavens and the stars and the skies, uh, saying that the very limits of our observable universe uh, or the expanded universe a universe that they could see and now we can see maybe even better with our uh, telescopes and things. Can you really, like, realize that very essence of God is beyond and higher than all of the observable universe? Let me ask him a question. What can you do? I mean, what can you do? Y'all ever feel that sometimes? What could I do or what can I do? How could I put my hand to something? How could I make this happen? What should I do? What can I do? Uh, the heavens are so high. The heights of the heavens, as high as they are, and even as high as it is, this nature of God is beyond everything that you can imagine or think. It's not just uh, in the cosmic realm, it's in the quantum realm. Listen, it says uh, it's deeper than Sheol. It says, what can you know? I mean, so much of life today, especially in our generation, is wrapped up in doing and knowing, is it not? I mean, um, what do you do? I have people ask me that sometimes now, and it can become really uncomfortable for Kara sometimes because I just go blank stare sometimes. It almost feels like if I was to say something, that I would be qualifying myself somehow in some kind of cultural milieu of, uh, I'm a pastor. I'm not a pastor. <laughs> I 
I don't know what I am. I, and I'll say that sometimes I just look at it because all of the, Carol, <laughs> I mean, what do you do? Um, I'm Carol. What do you know? Where do you work at? <laughs> I'll sit there. I, it just all goes blank now. I'm known. <laughs> I'm known by an uncreated God. I'm loved. I'm delighted in all the things that I've spent my whole life having some level of arrogancy about seem like they don't mean a hill of beans anymore. They just don't, they don't. You know how it is, saints. You know how it is that Certain things that used to just drive and motivate and move us, they just don't work. And it's like, we were made for him. And not, no, no other satisfaction is ever going to, nothing, nothing, nothing is going to satisfy. But him himself and the, the greatness of his own name and that and that even this, that even the motivation to try to serve him is not good enough. It's, it's going to take him himself to do his own self thing in us. I mean, even that, I mean, I'm going to make myself known in the greatness of my own name. Man, it just takes the younger, the older brother and just, you know, <laughs> All of our effort and trying and everything, I just, I just want you. And I'm going to do it, says the Lord. The Holy One is so deeper than what you can do and deeper than what you can know. This isn't an intellectual uh, treatise. I think that many of us, we know that. We wouldn't show up for this event if we're trying to always be intellectually stimulated. It's not even emotional. I mean, yes, will you, will you receive something to your mind? Yes, will you receive something to your emotions? Yes. This goes so far outside of a, even Anthony's helped me with this scalar law. I mean, the Lord sits outside of the extremity of the cosmic and the extremity of the quantum because he created all of it. And this God that's beyond all of that wants to interact with us. It goes on and says, its measure is longer than the earth and it's broader than the sea. The measurement, the measurement of the essence of God is beyond cosmic reality and cosmology and beyond the quantum realm down to basic particle physics and the Higgs boson. The measurement is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. And I love this. Uh, if he comes by. <laughs> if he comes by. Literally in the Hebrew, if he passes by or get this through. 
if he passes by through you, if he comes along, if he, if it should show happen, if it would, if it, if it would just, if it would just so happen that the Lord would come by, I mean, the God who's outside of, remember, cosmic reality and quantum reality, all observable now to some extent, uh, beyond the limits of the sea. And beyond the whole measure of the earth, if he would just come by. I mean, uh, seems like that uh, at least, you know, we've been measuring, we've been building little structures, we've been building little cubicles, uh, kind of ideas, constructs, thought processes, uh, our little systems and everything. And they're just these little micro things that we've been looking down at, trying to observe and understand. We, you know, and he's like, man, I'm past all of that. And I mean, I'm not saying that some of us haven't been given something from the Lord, but I mean, why get like stuck in some kind of paradigm of this structural motif and this one and, and this one and, and this one when the Lord himself would come by. <laughs> it's if he comes by, meaning that it's an if then, if, if he does. And listen to the next thing that Zophar says to Job, and confines you. <laughs> I know all of you saints understand this. I mean, even the world is understand this to some extent. Confinement by quarantine. <laughs> that's, that's what I put in my notes this morning. If God comes by, the first thing that may happen is you may go into a, a season of confinement, limitation. Every time the Lord, I, I told my wife this week, I, I said, uh, because we had some things happen in our life and everything just goes out of order. It's sort of like it just goes into chaos. And I've learned from the Lord that when things go into chaos and you can't, does everybody understand what that's like in your life? You can't get the relationship right. The finances won't work out. Your health feels like it's whatever. It's all over the place. Anybody understand? Okay, so we all on the same page and the Lord, if he comes by and confines you, <laughs> I told her, I said, I've recognized something about him. I'm, I'm finally starting to see this, that everything we place our trust in other than him himself, when he comes by, it all goes chaotic. Because the Lord is more near to you there than he was when everything seemed to be working right and everybody says, oh, you're blessed. You know, really? You might be more blessed in the middle of the chaos because the Lord has come by. And he's put you into like a situation where there's just, you just can't come out of your thing. You can't explain it. There's no way around it. Things are just falling apart. You can't. Get your hands on it. You can't find your security. It feels completely insecure when God comes by. You feel limitation. You're experiencing limitation. 
Because if God comes by, the first thing he does is confinement by quarantine. You, you guys experience that? This message, yeah. And so it says, uh, confined by quarantine. For the next point, to convene a court to expose. <laughs> um, listen to what it says. And convenes a court. Then who could prevent him? I want you to see this, that God, when he comes by and everything goes chaotic, confinement comes. And then exposure comes. Now, it seems contradictory uh, here. I read this this morning. Um, the words seem antithetical. To keep confined, the idea of keeping a matter secret, but with the next verb, to convene an assembly, he offers to divulge it. Uh, I was learning from the Lord this kind of wisdom that it one thing, sometimes it's hard for us to understand why something all of a sudden would be something that would be, uh, you wouldn't want anybody to know about and nothing is going to be uh, said about it. And then all of a sudden it's out in the open. And this is the very nature of the Lord when he comes by. I know a number of years ago, the Lord said, quit resisting me. You're playing games. And I said, I don't understand. He's like, every time I come near, you try to button down the hatches and get everything put back in order. Stop doing that. I said, well, I thought that was, that's what we're supposed to do. I, I want to feel secure. Every time you, apparently, I didn't know this was you coming around. I feel more insecure. Yes, because, son, all of your trust are in the wrong things. And in that moment, the very essence of God has come. Why? To give you himself. If you're going through something, and I know you all probably are, where you can't make sense out of your situation, and you felt like you've been put in a se seasons of limitation, confinement, can't fix it, And then, not only that, because many of us don't like to be pressed in on every side, and then have someone expose us. That's one of the worst things. It doesn't feel good. I want to encourage you from the word of the Lord this morning that this is the very nature in which God imparts his essence into you. It's the only way he could come. That he would have to come Put you in confinement, strict uh, down everything, take all of the things that you've trusted in, bring you into a place where he could work with you. It's almost like the sense I've always had is like the doctor has come into the house and he's like, I need to work on you and so I'm going to pin you down. You're not going to take this well, so I'm going to get you some of those straps Strap your feet down, strap your arms by your side. You know, Jimmy, you told me you, you asked me to come by. Well, here I am, and I'm going to have to hold you down just like you asked me to. So that I could take out what's not like me and put in you, me. I'm going to transfigure your nature to become like me. Because you asked me, you... Uh, you ask me, Stephen, you sing the songs of Zion. You ask me for this, Stephen Scroggs. 
You ask me. You sing the song. You get the result. I'll give you my essence. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his essence dwell in the Son. It pleases the Lord that all of this essence, remember now, you're not talking about just any kind of essence. You're, you're talking about essence that's outside, okay? It's outside cosmology and outside of uh, the quantum realm. You're talking about something else. You, this essence is something else. It pleased the Lord that all of his essence would dwell in the sun. It's the pleasure of the, our Father uh, that this would be this way concerning his son, uh, Jesus. But also now go to Colossians 2, verse 9 through 11. Speaking of the Lord, it says, For in him all the essence of deity lives in bodily form. Now listen, it says, And you have been filled in him. Uh, someone said, That's for the Lord. But this now is speaking to you. Colossians 1.19, for, for God was pleased to have all his essence dwell in the Son. Capital S, the Son. Colossians 2.9, for in him all the essence of the deity uh, lives in bodily form, and you have been filled in him. Who is the head over every ruler and authority in him? Watch this, you're gonna love this from X2M 147. You also were circumcised. Not, however, with the circumcision performed by human hands, but by the removal of the fleshly body. That is, the circumcision that is done by who? Oh. oh, yeah. Now I have a foundation laid. We can launch, launch into something. Okay. So this part where it says that began to dwell or take up residence or this, this deity living in bodily form is an aorist verb. And you've got to get this today because it's really important. It was from the Lord, and he says, we got to have a little grammar lesson. In the aorist verb, catokasi, it could be taken as an ingressive. And I'm going to explain in which case it refers to the incarnation, and it, and it would be translated like this. It began to dwell or to take up residence. It's perhaps better, though, to take it as a constative uh, aorist and simply a reference to the fact that the fullness of God dwells in the Lord, a permanent dwelling. Now, so to try to help you with this because I need to help with this and this is how the Holy Spirit is leading me this morning. I'm going to read this to you. One, one grammarian describes the aorist tense as one that presents an event in summary. 
It is viewed as a whole from the outside without regard for the internal makeup of the occurrence. So this would be like what we call a God's eye view. The aorist would be like seeing something in its full uh, scope from beginning to end, okay? But not the little steps that go along the way to bring it into being. So what does that mean in normal English? Simply that a verb is in the aorist tense describes an action without analyzing it further. When John 3.16 says, God so loved the world, the aorist tense merely reports what God did. It doesn't tell us when, it's, when he started or when he finished. It just reports the bare fact. You might compare it to the way describing a piece of fruit. This is an orange. That's about all you can see from the outside view. But if I peel the orange back and pull the sections apart, I could tell you more about it. I might be able to tell you whether it was starting to get moldy and, and make a guess about how long it's been sitting in the refrigerator. Or, you know, we could talk about, you know, how orange peels apart. And we could get into detail. And with us, we cut, I, I do this, I cut oranges and grapefruits and lemons all a certain way. You know, you probably cut them like that too, like this shape, right? But then I take a knife and I run down and I take that little white skin off. Because if you ever do that, it's just a little fruit eating thing. You can peel the fruit back. You can clean it right off of the thing. And it's really wonderful that way. So always cut that little white part off and the seeds off and you'll get the whole piece of fruit better. And grapefruit's better like that than it is like just using a spoon. You miss so much of the meat. Just a little side. I like show my children this. I was like, we cut lemons like this, and then we cut the thing off. And then we do grapefruits like this, and we cut the white thing off. And then we get everything out of it that we can get. It's in this way that the aorist tense gives an outside, unanalyzed view of an action. It happened, and that's all you can prove on the basis of the aorist tense. Even though the aorist tense doesn't tear apart an action and analyze the details, Greek professors have been perfectly happy to analyze the aorist verb. By looking at the context of the verb and thinking logically about its meaning, you can often fine-tune your understanding and come to more detailed conclusions about the action. So what is the ingressive aorist? and the constative aorist. So I'm going to go back and we'll give you this because it's really important to the Lord. Apparently, this, made, this was such an important thing about how this relates to, for in him all the essence of the deity lives in bodily form, that this aorist verb, casi, uh, would be brought and highlighted to us today Is it ingressive or is it constative? That's the question. Is the verb ingressive or constative? So listen to the ingressive aorist. An aorist that focuses on the beginning of an action. Something similar happens in an imperfect tense as well, the inceptive imperfect. What's the difference between the two? Usually the ingressive aorist describes the entry into a new status. Something that you are, while the imperfect describes the start of a new action, something that you do. 
So we know that based out of what Job is saying, that this is not something that you do. And we know from Job that this isn't something that you know. So we already know uh, that much because we just found that out from Zophar who spoke to Job. And so it, the question is, is this an inceptive aorist about and the fullness of the deity dwells bodily, his essence, meaning that it describes entry into a new status or is it constated? This is the official description for an heiress that describes an action in its entirety. It is the most foundational meaning of the heiress tense. Oh, I love this. I don't know if you love this. Well, I love when the Holy Spirit gets down to pinpointed accuracy because this matters to the actual work of the church, what we think and where we're headed. Listen to this, John 2.20, using this same tense. This temple was built in 46 years. This, verb, this could take a 46-year process, but wraps it up into a single package. Constative or ingressive? Is it the starting of a new status? Or is it already done in you? <laughs> Splew me away this morning. And I said, Lord, help my unbelief. Is it the starting of a new status? Or is, has your... Uh, constituent status already changed. The old saints, they believed in holiness. And I read this years ago, and it said that you can have holiness as a part and process of life. And you can go through adversity. Wendy one time told me that she heard someone said, I think that you could have this by revelation or situation. I mean, would you rather have the revelation of the constative or the situation of the ingressive? I mean, which one do you want? The old saints would say, well, uh, you could go through this holiness process and take your whole life. It was, it's called progressive holiness or progressive sanctification. But what if, just what if, right here in the text, that the very life of God that's living inside of us uh, right now has completely changed your status right now. I mean, what if? And what if it was the connecting to that reality? And the old saint said there was a difference in doctrine. There was one that said, I must do all these things by situation and become more like him. And then there was the other one that says, beholding him. Move me faster along to be known by him. The Lord, it's like, he's grieving is what I felt. Grief, like unreal grief, but love in the same breath. Just longing for this reality among his people. 
And I don't know why he's like this, but he won't impose himself on any of us because, well, I do know because he can't be a good king and do that. He longs, this Holy Spirit longs for a constative, aorist reality in us. He longs for it, like more than we have, so much so that I think he has to bring us to the end of ourselves, not because he has to, but because that's just the nature of a human nature. I don't understand you, Lord, but I don't need to know everything. I don't know what to do, but I don't need to know what to do anymore. I don't know what I am anymore. But you know everything. You're the God, your essence, protocols within the prototype of our constituency. Matthew Louder said this coming here. He was talking about union. He longs for this union. The Lord longs. The Holy Spirit longs for this union. Do you play your Shakara song, your Dawn song? Your Dawn song? Yeah, the shadows of it? Was it? I don't know. Translate Hebrew, Dawn, Shakar. We got this. Yeah. Constative means, listen to me, it means permanent indwelling. <laughs> it's not temporality trying to get somewhere. It's now. It's, it's. Deliver up yourself to him. Deliver up your own essence and let him have you. Don't resist him when he comes near and he's trying... And things are flying all over the place and you can't make sense of it. And things are failing you that don't seem like they're working. Hey, listen, he might be more near to you than he's ever been. And he comes in and everything's flying and you can't fix it and you can't straighten it out. And the confinement's happening. Oh, Lord, it's you. I don't resist him there because that's where he's at. Because he'll pull away now. He's still grieved the Holy Spirit. And when he comes so near like this, you know, to us because he's such a lover. And, and we don't want to grieve him. And I don't want to grieve you, Lord, anymore. I don't want to do it. I don't want to try to fix everything. And I don't want to try to be known by my doing and my knowing. Knowledge puffs up, Lord, I admit it. I just want to be known by you. And bring the impartation of your own nature into us and give us yourself. So, yeah.
Let's stand together and ask him. I think I got this message right. I had my hopes in this and that and this and that. Last week, we, we, got a, we felt that. We felt uh, blasted at the end of hope. We, we, this room had an experience like that because there was an anchor that, for the soul that goes beyond the veil uh, in the order of Melchizedek. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's from the age to come. It's from another world. It's from another essence, very nature of very God. Um, we enter into that environmental uh, shift with him. found is this that I, I worship you with my whole heart I don't know how you worship uh, but I, I give you my whole self Lord I give you everything take me I'm yours everything Ev- everything give him everything uh, this is what he wants. He wants union. I want union. I'm the lover. I'm the holiness. I'm the outshining. I'm the radiance. I'm the glory. hard to explain but we don't have to understand it's just worship and the interchange it's the activation of the Lord I tell myself I tell my heart I speak to myself and I say, you come in alignment, you worship this king. Uh, you, you, you get your mind and your eyes off yourself and you get your eyes and your mind off of other people. And I tell myself that I was made for him. And I tell this body, body come into alignment. I tell myself, I tell myself, self, you turn to him and I lose myself I lose myself in him because he's become everything and I forget I forget the past my meditation is not on the future Oh, body, come in alignment and submit to the Lord, the sovereign one. let yourself go
coming out of you. The brightness of the glory of the Lord rises on you, rises through you. Go ahead and come forward for a communion together. <laughs> hey, Drew, can we have Mike for uh, Stephen?
the Lord took the bread and he break, broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may you have peace. Amen. Bless you today.